Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. A bad hire for a company is it's on the company. Totally. It's on you if you do it. And, and the fact of the matter is it's um, that person that you hired that was a bad hire for you is probably a great hire for somebody else. So you're doing them a disservice by even doing it. So that, that's why the whole cultural, like corporate values are so important. What's up, guys? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazny. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, The Greatness Machine is about two things. Number one, people are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world. Doing both of these despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews of world-class speakers and business leaders showcasing their origin story. What made them tick? What got them to where they are now? So it can help you step into your greatness within your own life, business, and career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years in entrepreneurship as a CEO to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation and messages, and I'm stoked to have you guys here. Guys, welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mashazde, and boy, do we have a special guest with us today, my main man, Rick Gerard. Welcome, my brother. Woo! Woo! Happy to be here. I'm going to have to drop and do another 20 push-ups just to catch up to your energy level right now. Uh, I could turn it on like that. Um, Guys, for those of you guys that know, we are The Greatness Machine. We're about two things. People are living their passions and people who are creating greatness in the world. My man, Rick, is creating both greatness and doing it with passion. So, Rick, do you mind if I do a little bit of housekeeping and then we get rolling? Go for it, brother. What I'd like to do is give you guys a little bit of background. So, Rick, can I tell him how we met? Sure, go for it. So, I was on what's that that uh, that app? Uh, not Bumble, the the swipe right one. No, I'm just messing. <laughs> Rather, uh, yeah, I, I was on Tinder. I swiped right, and there he was. There no, should no. be a new um, app for bald guys, just so we can all connect up. Balder, Balder. Yeah, Balder, Balder. Swipe right. Grinder, Balder. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so we have a mutual friend, Stephanie Paul. She was on the show. I love Stephanie. And she's like, oh, you, you got to meet my friend Rick. And so we hooked up. And he had me on his show, Higher Power, which was badass, by the way. Thank you so much for having me on there, man. Oh, yeah. And by the way, you blew up. Thank you. Oh, dude. I tried to serve. And you made it easy because we, you're such a, a great host and such a such a good guy to do, do this stuff with. So... Thank you for having me on there. And so we were on the show and then I was like, man, you got to come on my show. What I like about you, Rick, is Rick. So I'll talk about what Rick does because he does a lot, but we're talking all about values and how you use it to build a better business, especially on recruiting and hiring. And and um, yeah, it was just a really, really fun conversation. And then I had another guest, Gino Wickman, that hit me up and he's like, hey, uh, you know, I'm thinking about writing the forward. Am I allowed to say this actually? Yeah, please uh, do. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, hey, Darius, do you know Rick Gerard? This is off, this is off air. And, and for those of you guys that watch the show or don't watch the show, you, you know that Gina Wickman's like too legit, like yeah. too legit to quit, right? Straight up MC Hammer style. Gotcha. And, 
Yeah. Like EOS is the bomb. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's no joke. And so he, he's like, Hey, do you know Rick Gerard? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, so yeah, I'm thinking about writing the forward for his book. Like, like, what do you got to say about him? I'm like, Oh, he's, he's the man. He's like, you got, you got to do it. So yeah. So we'll talk about that in a second, but yeah, it was funny. That's how you you came up offline. But with that said, do you mind if I give the formal bio? Go for it. All right. We'll do the formal bio. Then we're going to dive into some juicy juice. And uh, feel free to make up whatever shit you want. Like, you know, whatever makes me sound better. Yeah. Well, I'll take it. I, I, you know, <laughs> well, look, there's a lot of good stuff going on here. So, Rick, you're, yeah. you're in OC, right? Where you're in a, like South County, Orange County, right? Yeah, I'm in Newport Beach. Newport. So my man Rick here is in Newport. He's friends with my, my, my girl Stephanie. What's up, Stephanie? And you are the founder and CEO of the internationally renowned Stride and Search. Stride Search is an organization that enables startups to gain a competitive advantage by formalizing the process of maximized candidate engagement, helping clients achieve 98% success rate, hiring the people they need to succeed. So, man, he does, he does some badass stuff around helping people hire good people. And we all know that when you hire shitty people, that your life sucks. Okay. Uh, but more, you know, that's always, whenever we talk about our business stuff, people are like, yawn, yawn, yawn. I mean, those that want to buy don't yawn, but, but the rest of us yawn. The cool stuff, though, host of Higher Power Podcast. You get like tens of thousands of download, helping entrepreneurs with the recruiting hurdles. And the show provides insights like bringing moi, myself on, a lot of thought leaders on there, performing disruptors, helping innovators, industry experts. And in addition to this, you're also an author. You have your new book, Healing Career Wounds. It comes out in March. Yep. You're, and your speaker. And, and on the personal side, I thought this was kind of cool. You do Brazilian, you BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, rock climbing. Yeah. Uh, you look like a surfer. That's the funny part. I'm like, you look, you look kind of like Kelly Slater a little. I am a very white. Like I haven't been in the water probably in six months, and I shame on me. Did you get told that you look like Kelly Slater? Uh, a little bit, yeah. You look like Kelly Slater. Tan, I could probably pull it off. What's funny is we're old, so like I, my first rip memory, like memory of Kelly Slater is, is he had hair. But most yeah. most people who aren't old or as old as we are, or as as mature as we are, know him like as he has been for probably twenty years. Anyway, the correct term would be model modern elders. We're modern elders. We right? are. If Chip Conley, <laughs> another guest, would call us a modern elder. So then let me ask you a question because I find this I always love when when this happens. So we we had like a call we had to get on, and I was driving, and I'm in my car, and I get pinged by an 808. And so I don't know if those of you guys that know what I just said means, but whenever I get pinged by an 808, I'm like, dude, this guy's Hawaiian. So tell me about the Hawaii thing. Cause I saw the Hawaii thing and right away I was like, oh, it's making more sense now. So I lived in Hawaii for 10 years. I helped to build a really solid recruiting firm and like right around, like around 9-11 timeframe, I just kind of had the opportunity to pack up all my stuff start over. I, I sold everything and I moved to Hawaii and uh, nice. spent 10 years there. My first year I spent like pretty much surfing the whole time. Oh, oh. Yeah. how old I, were you? I probably look like, you know, oh God, I was probably 33, 34, somewhere oh, in there. You're so awesome. You had like an early life crisis. You're oh, like, I totally did. Like, I totally did. Fuck the mainland. <laughs> Go to the islands. <laughs> so totally. you're like 33, you're like, all right, were you in Orange County? Then you went to Hawaii? Uh, no, I was in Ventura County. Um, oh, oh, you're from Ventura? Yeah, I grew up in Ventura County, and then I um, I moved up to Idaho for a short stint. Um, I kind of fell into my career in Idaho. Just I moved up there to snowboard and then fell into a career. And then um, moved back, uh, helped build up a company, um, and then uh, 
I think five years later, packed up and moved to Hawaii and I spent 10 years there and now I'm back in Orange County, back in trying to get my, my daughter to be close to, yeah, family. Yeah, listen, I got family in LA. They, they, they fled the orange the orange curtain. I grew up in Orange County though, so I could talk as much shit as I want on that fucking totally. Jeff, fuck you, Orange County. Here, so sorry, sorry my OC. A bunch of my listeners are all from Orange County because they're all my high school people. Hey, fuck you, Orange County. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Orange County's got great beaches, and yeah, it's got great beaches. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, comparatively speaking, I live in Texas. Yeah. I live in Texas now, and the beaches here suck. Are you just one big beach? It's such a big state, man. It's like I think it's all bigger than California. No, it's mostly. You know what it is? If for those of you guys that haven't spent much time in Texas, it's really simple. You got three, three like really big cities: Texas, Dallas, and Houston, and then everything else is Sacramento. So it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's all sack. It's like, oh, I, I was driving from Austin to Houston. And I was like, I called my friend. I'm like, hey, I just realized something. Texas is a bunch of really big, cool cities, and the rest of it's Sacramento. So it's my sack friend. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm being unkind to you. I'm being really unkind to California right now for some reason. Sorry. Where'd you grow up in, in Ventura? Um, I grew up in Agora Hills, which is like Ventura County. Yeah. yeah. In the Ventura County side. So it's LA, Ventura County, kind of right there. I know Agora. I went to UC Santa Barbara. So, okay. So it's, yeah, uh, and then I, when I was a kid, I went to Our Lady of Malibu. You know, like which which like all my friends think is a joke. Why is it? Because it's like people. Because Our Lady of Malibu. It's just. <laughs> yeah, that's it's kind of funny. Malibu is an amazing. It's kind of funny because it's just north of LA. Yeah. But it's, its own little. It's like a small town. Have you seen um the big? By the way, one? I was the poor kids that was there. You know, like we came over the canyon. Hey, you know what? <laughs> you got to level up. I mean, have you seen the Big Lebowski? Oh yeah, dude, I love when he goes to Malibu and the cop gets him and like that's in that movie, right? Am I thinking of the right movie? He goes to Malibu and the cops like Lebowski, stay out of my town. Was that yeah. Malibu? Maybe, yeah. I think that was Malibu. I'm pretty sure it I was. Remember. Yeah, I got to watch that this weekend because I'm totally not up on my Big Lebowski. Right? Stay the fuck out of my town, Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> So, dude, we're in Idaho. Were you in Sun Valley? Yeah. Listen, I used to own a house in Utah, uh, Snow Basin, which is a okay. Sun Valley resort. Yeah. Have you been there before? No. I've. I, so I used to, when I lived up there, like I said, I moved up there pretty much to snowboard and fell into a career. And like my goal was just to be able to buy a season pass. So like that, I was forced to get good at my job so I could buy a season pass. Like that was my thing. And your job was recruiting? Yeah. Well, yeah. you're probably the most white collar snowboarder on the mountain. <laughs> All these other guys are like bartending and waiting tables and you're banging the phones and placing people. Yeah. Yeah. And I would go in early just to make sure that I like beat everybody else. I could snowboard for two hours every day at lunch and then, you know, then come back and, and be able to do it on the weekend. So you did that. Then you end up back in Cali. Then you go, then you're like, All right, I'm going to Hawaii. So you 10 years in Hawaii. Where in Hawaii did you go? Hawaii Kai. So oh. like uh, on Oahu. Okay, main, the main, that's the main island, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's a city there, and so I didn't get really, you know, everybody talks about getting an island fever. It's kind of, I think it's kind of hard when you have like a city around you and things to do. But you know, I get island fever. I got more island fever when I lived in Sun Valley, Idaho, than I did on on Oahu. Well, a resort town in Idaho is 
I mean, so I, I owned a house in a resort town for a long time in a snow. It's a Ogden Valley in Utah. And yeah. I will tell you this, man, I grew up in Southern California, Orange County. Then I moved to San Francisco and I would go to the house in Utah. Like worst, by the way, don't ever buy a second home unless it's 90 minute drive from your house or less because you'll never go to it. It's the most expensive vacation you'll never take. Back then either, huh? No. Well, no, there was because I got it in like, not when I first got it, but there's VRBO or whatever. There was something yeah. else. I can't remember what they used to call it before it was VRBO. But uh, yeah, it, it, besides that, unless you're in like Park City or some like big city, don't ever, listeners, don't ever buy a second home unless it's 90 minutes or less drive because you'll never use it or you'll use it so rare that it becomes the most expensive vacation you don't take. So I will never do it again. But anyhow, I'd go there and I'm in San Francisco, right? So when you're in San Francisco, like your resonation is at a higher level. You're like around, there's a lot of like interaction, visual interaction, stimulation, cars, buses, fire trucks, people. And, oh, yeah. and it's not like it's New York, but it's still a city. And then I go to, I go out there and it would be like quiet, you know, it's just nothing. And yeah. No people, air's crisp quiet and the reason i say this is that i don't think i would want to live there it's a cool place to visit but when i go to hawaii oh just a fucking visual xanax but it's so yeah but it's so easy to just to fall into that like island lifestyle when you're there too like you know like i'll just do it later and i had to break my procrastination streak that i had run in you know I hear you, man. Every time I, I never am more relaxed than when I go to Hawaii at a level that it's, it takes a couple of days to get there, right? Cause you're so wound up from mainland, mainland city life or whatever it is, you know, the, the, the rat race. Yeah. So I see the allure when people say, Oh, it's, it gets boring after a while. My wife's um, cousin lived in Lanikai mm-hmm. and they had, uh, they, they lived on a farm out there. I go out there, man. There's dogs running around. He's uh- more- he grows his own tobacco. I didn't even smoke. He, he's like, you want, you want some tobacco? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, why not? Handmade tobacco cigarettes. Like, it's so cool. Yeah. It's a great life. I mean, like, honestly, the quality of life in Hawaii is outstanding. Like, and people are so welcoming and friendly. I cherish the time that I had there because I made some great friends that are all family. Would you ever consider going back? Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think that there will be a time where I live in Hawaii. Either there, I, I really fell in love with Bali too. So like that. Uh, I have a really good buddy, uh, Barry Magliardi, if you're listening, who lives in Bali. He's Australian. He's from Perth, but he lives in Bali. Uh-huh. And, and, and I see all his, I see his, <laughs> I see his lifestyle. And I'm like, yeah. Like when you watch, if you, for listeners who don't have friends that live in places that like this, you just need to go watch. You need to go get make friends or pretend like you're friends with somebody and go follow their, their, their like Instagram stories. And then you'll realize how screwed life is in America. You're like, you're like, this is the lifestyle I live compared to these people. Like every day is like going to the beach, just hanging out and it's cheap and fun and nice. My neighbor from Hawaii actually packed up, moved to Bali and started a shark protection program. So he owns Bali sharks. Wow. Shark rescue or something like that. And so he's been there for like, probably 12, 15 years now. And he loves it, man. He's just got, he's always just chill, no stress. Mm -hmm. He's breeding and releasing sharks back into the, into the wild and saving them. And that's his thing. And, and uh, you got to be a little jealous of that. I don't even know him. and I'm jealous. 
Yeah, it, I went to Thailand last year and my with some friends, and we were on a boat hanging out, and it was like it probably had like I don't know, fifty people or something like that. It was just like cool yacht, and, and it was like you know it was like a, you know I paid like a hundred bucks a person. They serve you lunch, and you go scuba diving and stuff, and it was cool. It was all wooden, and it was a sail. It had engines, but it had sails too, and so. <laughs> We're going for island hopping. And I look at my wife. I'm like, what if we just moved here and owned one of these things? And this is just what we did. And I was like, you guys don't know this, but Rick and I are both EOers, right? And I was like, I'll just do a bunch of forum retreats. Like, because <laughs> it had like four bedrooms on it, you know? And I was like, yeah. I'm like, if you lived your life like this, like how? Yeah, you're not going to like, listen, you're not going to accomplish a lot of like things that people who, who like are in the rat race consider like profound. But you will live literally the most amazing life. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, yeah. Oh. Right. Now, now that you just totally depressed me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's go talking about all the other amazing lives. So let's talk about. I just started life. like dreaming of like fresh mangoes you're picking off a tree and, you know, fresh codfish. Oh. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Right. Show's over. <laughs> Fuck this. Let's go. So, why'd you, did you like pull the ripcord on Hawaii then? I mean, it's. Uh, you know what, actually, um, so my wife and I had a daughter and, and most of our family, like my, my wife's family is in Michigan and in Chicago and the Midwest. And my family's all here. And we kind of made the decision that we didn't want our daughter to grow up not knowing who her family was, like her cousins and all that stuff. So yeah, I decided to pack up and move back here. And actually, it was just time for me. It was kind of like, you know what, I've been here for 10 years. I want to go get back into the rat race and you know, build something. I've always, I've had this goal where I want to build a really significant, big, you know, BHAG organization. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. so. Dude, listen, I, I built a BHAG organization. They're halfway to their BHAG right now. Uh, you want to know what the BHAG was? Wait, what was it? Uh, for my last business, I just left. Uh, I exited it. We, it was to help one million homeowners gain and retain home home ownership in ten years, and they're they just hit over five hundred thousand like two months ago. Wow! And you want to know what the number was the day I got there? Well, it, it, it wasn't a startup. It was it was a company that was already in existence. Okay, uh, five thousand was the number then. So that was super, super small. Yeah, it was really small. And I was like million in ten years, and they looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, we're gonna do it. Literally five hundred thousand right now. Huh. Pretty cool. I, they'll, yeah. hit the, they'll hit the million too. They'll, I think they'll hit it in three years. My BHAG is to help a million entrepreneurs hire the right person every time. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So let's take steps. So now you move back to the mainland. You start the this new business. Tell us about the business you started at the mainland and how it's taking to where you're at right now. Yeah. So Stride Search. I mean, like most of my career, I, I even though I've never lived in the Bay Area, I've done all my recruiting for tech people in the San Francisco Bay area in the Silicon Valley. Right. So mm-hmm. that's been the, that's been my world that I played in. Even when I was in Hawaii, I had a small company over there. We were still doing recruiting over there. You, you mentioned the 808 number and why the reason why I kept my 808 number. One of them is because when people get a call from Hawaii, people take your call every time. Yeah. It's like, it's like who's the guy from Hawaii calling me right now? Exactly. Right. So yeah, I moved back here. We started up Stride Search and, uh, you know, we're a retained search firm. We work with startups and we help startups get the right leadership in place. Well, um, primarily on the engineering and sales marketing operations side. So you guys are doing 
it on the engine? Did you say on the engineering itself or on the sales and marketing side? Sorry, I missed that. Engineering, sales, and marketing operations. Okay, and so you're working primarily with with high tech startups. Yeah, which now is like you know. Yeah, yeah, or companies that actually have kind of a tech related, you know, part to their business. Are you working with like seed stage, mid, early stage, late stage? Funded, all the above, like 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 public, like what what are we what are we talking about here? Yeah, we usually like we usually get pretty entrenched in the like Series A, Series B round funded startups. Um, that's that's kind of our sweet spot, you know, where they've been kind of they've got some traction. Mm-hmm. They need systems in place and really figure out, you know, do they have the right people on the bus, as Gino says, you know, and in, in in the right right person, right seat. You right. know, we we kind of help out with that. And, you know, we kind of build in it around the, the company's core value. So what's important mm-hmm. to the company is that they have people that align well with those corporate values so that they can kind of, they can illustrate that and live that on their daily basis, but the, on a daily basis, but then they can also take those and, and cultivate those core values. Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius from Shazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. And let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stop me from fully enjoying the little things in life, canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now. And let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and Supply & Demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. 
Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. So we just build our whole interview process and and really everything around those, you know, that one core thing, which is, I think that's where you and I bonded was Mm -hmm. your, your corporate, like your values and your culture is, is really going to determine how high you fly. Like I say in my book, and we talked about this on your show is the core values are a filter, right? And they become, they attract their magnet for the right talent. They detract the wrong talent. If you use them properly to walk me through how you guys do that as a process with your customers. Uh, so we actually build it into the interview process, right? So here's the thing, like, you know, you can evaluate people, um, based on what you think you need for the role. But when you kind of really delve into an interview process, a lot of times it's just kind of like more based on likability and whether or not you think you could work with a person. And, and there's really not a lot of evidence that's gained in that interview to support like, Hey, like this person really, really, um, exemplifies our corporate value of customer obsession here. I'm pulling one from Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. Customer obsession, because when he was at XY or he or she was at XYZ company, they did this, 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 and this, and this was the result, right? So we, we dig down more into providing and writing the questions that extract that. And then we teach the executives how to really run a really solid, behavioral interview and understand how to turn it into a conversation and gather that evidence to support making the hire. What do you think is, have you read the book, Who or Top yeah. Trading? Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. So, so I love the fork fear reference check. Do you guys yeah. teach them that as well? You know, so like, yeah, I've, I've, I, I went on this like mission, like a, quite a few years ago where like, I wanted to kind of like, just where, where I just kind of sucked up what everybody was doing. I did some training and stuff like that. And I read all those books. You know, I just had challenges with a lot of them because... It's super hard to build a business to do all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Let me make my interview process six months long. And I could barely like... Uh, by the way, I'm the one doing the work in the business. I might work at like General Electric or GM or Chevy yeah. or these massive companies where they have... 15 layers of management, but in a normal business, you're like, yeah, dude, um, I have to go uh, open the cash register. I don't have time to do uh, three group tandem interviews and take them to the pit barbecue and the beer and the picnic. Yeah. My argument is, hey, look at all you need with each person is 45 minutes and four questions. That's it. What four questions? Um, so there are four questions that are assigned to you based on whichever number of interview you are. And essentially, you're asking these questions. One of them we build in is a knockout question. So if it's something that's completely mm-hmm. off of what your corporate values are, you kind of end the interview there and thank them for the time and you move on. Oh, oh, so if they get it wrong, you're like, all right, this is good. We're done. Yeah. Like give me an example. Let's let's do a hey, I'm gonna interview for a job at your company and yeah. give me your knockout question. Before you give me the knockout, you gotta yeah. give me the like a couple like like grapefruit softballs and then throw me the knockout. Okay. So, um, so like what I'll do is I'll load you up on like one that we like to judge for. Um, this was one of my clients that I got from them. Actually, they, they were like, this is a question we love works really well. So, 
Um, do you consider yourself Darius to be lucky? So as, what's the role I'm interviewing for? Doesn't matter. I, I think that uh, luck is 50% of the equation. You know, like there's a lot of things that are outside of our control that sometimes go our way. For me, I'm pretty neutral. There's a there's a word in Buddhism called equanimity, which I try to I try to be an equanimous person, which is good or bad. Things happen, and I try to let, not let either affect me. When things go my way, it's luck. When things go out of my way, that's just chance, and it ha- whatever happens, happens. Okay. So without delving into that too much or taking it deeper, because we can, you know, now I usually dig into like, give me an example of what you mean by that, you know, explain that to me a little bit deeper. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to role play. Oh, we are. Okay. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's, I want to show the I want to show the audience what it looks like to do your your process. All right. So like walk me walk me through like what would that look like for you? Like how, how do you like what's the situation that you have come across that kind of that built would, for you? That would exemplify that for me. Uh, you know, um, I mean, I'm an entrepreneur, which, you know, so let's just say I was an entrepreneur. I'll use it. I'll use entrepreneur. So, you know, my last business, I was the CEO of the business. And uh, in 2016, we had Brexit happen out of nowhere. And when Brexit happened, interest rates like went from a pretty higher place to a, like an all time low. And then and it was awesome. And I was drinking from a fire hose and just, you know, just got to work. I was working like 12, 14 hours a day to build, to take advantage of it. We do, And we took our staff size from 300 to 1,000 employees in literally like nine months. It was insane. Like my biggest month, we hired 140 employees. And then, I, I mean, literally 140 employees was the hiring in what in three, in 28 business, or 22 business days. Imagine that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then... And then in November of that year, Trump got elected and the rates pulled a full U-turn. And I had to downsize from 1,000 to 540 employees in the next four months. So one was an example of things that went my way, good luck, and we took full advantage of it. And then the inverse of that was this anomaly happened. No one expected Trump to win the presidency when he did. Like literally it was the opposite and, and we had no warning and we had, it was very disruptive and now you're dealing with people's lives and we had to manage through that. And it was a really, you know, challenging period, but we, we did it and learned a lot from it and we're better off after at the end and took our lessons and built a better business after that. So one of the things that I'm looking for on this question is really what your attitude is, right? So what, what ends up happening a lot of times is uh, somebody's either going to say, you know, kind of like you did, well, I'm not really lucky, but I'm blessed, or, you know, I feel like I've, I've been fortunate or whatever. It's, it's a more of a, what's your attitude on life, right? We've had people that have interviewed that said, no, you know what? Every time I go to Vegas, I lose. Like, I, I, I can't bet. I can't do this. Oh, negative. You're looking for, right? And that's where that question is kind of cleverly disguised. I love that question. Are yeah. you a negative person? And it's a derivative. I call those derivative questions, by the yep. way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if you would have said, man, I don't know, man, I, you know, and you, you have kind of a sob story. That's your outlook on life, right? Yeah. Whether, bring- you, whether you choose to recognize it or not, that's what it is. And they'll bring it into the workplace, right? So this yep. is a person who, if they tend to be negative, they'll accidentally, they don't even know they're telling you they're being negative. Those are my fit. Uh, so what I call that is reading between the lines, right? Yeah. What are they not telling me that I need to figure out? And, t- and I love that question. Yeah. That's a great question. And so I would be hireable. You'd be like, oh, Darius is like yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely you passed the knockout question. Now I'm going to probably dig into one of my other corporate values that that you know I'm assigned to, and we're going to have a conversation about it pretty deep. So I'm you know, give me an example of you know a difficult situation that you had. You know, the most difficult situation you had in your last role. Got it. Those are a little bit obviously those are a little bit more standard questions. They, right? they kind of are, but we like to tailor them to where they're they're deliberately written so that they extract the data that supports one of the corporate values. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, we did that at our business. It, it was, this is, we would tell them, here's our number one core value. This is what it means to us. Could you give us an example of when you maybe lived that and when you didn't live that in your last business? Yeah. So, I like going that route. It does two things. Number one, did they do the homework to look and see what our values were? And, and if they didn't, then that's a, a red flag. And number two, let's just, whether I can discern that or not, is the answer they're giving the right answer based on what I'm looking for from an alignment standpoint, right? Yeah. And is, you know, you can even, you can honestly even just give them the questions. I like that. Get them prepared for it. Yeah. Cause you know, and let's see how well they prepare for it. Oh, I love that. That's super smart. Oh, yeah. these nuggets. You did, you were I dropping pulled, nuggets. I pulled these nuggets. Like I, years ago, I interviewed at Amazon and actually this was something that Amazon does and they, you know, I, I was fascinated by the fact that I talked to four people, you know, and they all had questions. I could figure out which ones were, were you know, designed to kind of um, like which ones fit with what core principles. Right. You know, you know, customer obsession for them is like the big one. So, like, I just knew I had to prepare really well on how I delighted a customer and how I, you know, gave wow, I guess, or. Nice. Yeah. And and so that's what you see in that interview. You see like how well people prep for it. If you if you provide them the questions and they still fail. Oh, yeah. 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 No, I actually think that's better because you're like, hey, dude, here's the answer to the quiz. The guy shows up and still doesn't get a, if he doesn't get 100. You're like, I mean, literally, unless he gets an 80 and it's and those two are little slight misses. But they, maybe, you know, maybe they just didn't understand the question or whatever. But yeah. if they come and bomb you're like, you didn't prepare. Like, and if you don't prepare for something that you want before you have it, what are you gonna do once you're already here? Love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then a part of it too is, you know, most people don't know that they want what they, you know, whether or not they even know whether they want to work for your company. Right. So, you know, it's your job as the entrepreneur, the business leader, the person who's kind of leading this to help connect the dots for that person as to the value that my opportunity brings to your life. Because that's really a lot of the mind shift that you see in a lot of people. It's not it's not as much about the money so much anymore. It's about growth. It's about you know being in a situation where you have some mentor or leadership. It's about being in a position where I can position myself for a greater position later on down the road. Yeah, and people so, just don't have that. Oh, I love it, man. Are you guys enjoying the show so far? Darius here. And by now you might know that I'm passionate about a few things. Pizza, pink unicorns, core values, and down dirty, interesting conversation with some amazing people. However, the biggest one that I've spent most of my career on is entrepreneurship and scale. You see, look, my first few years in business, I spent like probably a good five years of my life getting my freaking teeth kicked. I mean, really getting crushed. And I learned a lot during that time period. So I spent the greater part of the last couple of years helping entrepreneurs scale their businesses in a meaningful way without going through the same growing pains that I did. And what I realized is that CEOs and business leaders don't know if they can scale. 
and thus they do the right thing at the wrong times. This causes them to lose clarity, lose momentum, alignment, and the bottom line is you lose money. And look, you don't have to do that. It's why I created what I call the scalability assessment, and you can access it 100% for free. That's right, guys. There are perks to listening to The Greatness Machine. All you have to do is go to DariusScale.com. That's D-A-R-I-U-S scale, S-C-A-L-E.com. And there, you can check to see if your business is set up to scale properly. It's going to give you a scalability score at the end, and it's also going to give you some clarity on what you can do next. Once again, guys, that's www.itsdariusscale.com. Once again, guys, it's dariusscale.com. And now back to the show. I want to ask you, do you mind if I pull a, a, a not a, a hang a right and we could talk about the Higher Power Radio podcast? Yeah, please. This is how we met, obviously, is, is, as I did your show. But how? so when did you decide to launch the Higher Power Radio podcast? God, we've been doing it like four years now. Um, so it was kind of an interesting, you know, it started out kind of like as an HR podcast, but it really like the way that it started was I was kind of coerced to start it. I was in a uh, tech space, which is kind of like a WeWork. And um, one of the guys on my floor had a internet radio station, business radio station called OC Tech, um, wait, OC Talk Radio. And every time I would go to the bathroom, he'd like, you know, accost me and basically say, dude, you got to start a podcast. You got to see, you know, so like he broke me down and I really had no interest in doing it at first, but then, you know, it kind of became a really good um, ability for me to meet more business leaders. So I started it from the premise of like, Hey, I want to get in front of people who are movers and shakers here in Orange County, the CEOs, the people who are doing things. And uh, so, yeah, I, um, I found something really interesting with the podcast. Like when you when you call people and you invite them to be on the podcast, they return your call. Yeah, you know, they're like, yeah, sure, I'm I'm happy to be on it. And then you can develop a relationship and get to know people that are fascinating, you know, great people. They normally, if you're trying to sell them something, they're just going to retreat. Yeah, they're like, uh, I'm not buying. You're like, hey, do you want to come on my show? They're like, oh yeah. It's it's amazing. It's such a. I heard somebody say they said, going coming on someone's podcast is the equivalent of having a cup of coffee in 2018. It's like 2018's cup of coffee is 2020's be on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it. Listen, I had to tell my assistant. I said, hey, I we got to start screening with these podcasts better because some of them. Because I was saying yes to like all of them, and, I'm, and my, then my calendar got crushed, and then I was like, I get on it. Some of them, I'm like this, is, like. No offense to the people that whose podcast I'm thinking about right now, the sketch, like yeah. they're not professional. It's just like some dude with a zoom with a camera at his house. <laughs> I mean, I'm a guy I do with the camera in my house, but I have a full setup. You know, like yeah. like yeah, you know, I've invested in it. I've been pretty deliberate about like I I want to bring content that's going to be valuable to an entrepreneur. Like that's it. Yeah, they can't give me that. I mean, I say no to more people, you know, as as you have in a show, you know, that like now there's all these marketing firms that will send you, hey, do you want to have so and so on as a guest? We, we take maybe 10% of them, but yeah. you know, we still actively make calls and talk to people and we're referred to and, you know, we want to talk to people who have a great story about, you know, where they fucked up hiring and, and how they overcame it or you know, maybe they're still screwing up. That's super smart. Um, well, and, and it's such a good way. I was talking, we had a, a guest on the show last week and he was talking about, um, he has a kind of a, 
he is a marketing company that uses podcasts for marketing, right? So they'll come, they'll build your podcast, they'll help you do your book, they'll use that as a funnel, they'll use the podcast as a way to do biz dev. So it's all it's all about building relationships to your point, and then it becomes a lead magnet because you can bring yeah. on your clients and you can bring on your prospects and you build relationships and or get testimonials. And then use that. Now you've created content that you could then repurpose to then show clients like, hey, this is an interview we did with so-and-so. You yeah. might be interested in hearing what they had to say. And it's a 45-minute session where casually we're talking about how we do what we do, right? And you can learn. Like right now, anyone that's listening to this, A, knows that you're a smart recruiter that does really – or your business does really intelligent recruiting that's values-based. Yeah. And they know that Darius – when he ran his business uses that stuff too. And that I'm all about the recruiting process, right? So if someone yeah. wanted to do business with me or get me to be the CEO of their company, they would at least have an understanding about how I think about it. And if yeah. they wanted to have you hire you, they would know that this is how you do it and that you're like smart about it. And then you do it your own way. Yeah. You don't have to tell them anything. Like we'd have to call them up and tell them that they already know it by secondhand nature. Right. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, you know, as an outside kind of, agency or at an entity, right? And I, I help companies out. My number one goal is to save the time of the people who are doing the interviewing. So if I can get them to maximize their time to be able to have one person interview and say, nope, this person doesn't fit because of this, that's a win, right? If I can, um, you know, basically present two people and they hire one, boom, I just saved a ton of time. So that's really like where a lot of this came from is that, Hey, if I can, if I can add a lot more value to your, your, your business rather than just kind of just slinging resumes at you, then, you know, Hey, we've, we've got something good here. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. It's been around for four years. You guys, how many, how often do you guys do episodes like uh, every week or every other week? Yeah. We're every Tuesday at noon on LinkedIn live. It was kind of, we just kind of carried through our radio station schedule so we just try to do it same time every week. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I've I missed one one day so far. That that's been it. So like I've gone out pretty religiously every every week. That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, and so from that now we have the book. Tell us about the book. So it's called Healing Career Wounds, and it's the subtitle is you know your your startup secret weapon to attract, hire, and retain ridiculously successful people. And what that means is it's a plug and play system that you can plug into your business that that actually is pretty interchangeable with any entrepreneurial operating system that you might be running. Like if you're running EOS or something like that, mm -hmm. we fit in like right in the people piece. Right. So we can give you a, like here's, you know, once you have your values outlined, OK, here's how you write the job, like the um, your interview questions. Here's how you write job descriptions. Here's how you are going to um, structure your interview process. And so, and what to say when you call somebody that you hear of like, hey, Darius, uh, my buddy John is pretty good. He works over at XYZ Company. It gives you even a script on what to say when you call that person or even cold call a person that you know is you've heard is good. Nice. And so like, that's what we want to do. We want to educate like all the entrepreneurs so that like when they, they don't have those really costly hiring mistakes, especially when the it's so critical of the business. Oh, especially if you're like, let's say you have a hundred people and you make two bad hires. It's five percent of your population. It's fucked if up. You have ten though, and you make two bad, like one bad hire. Oh, ten and two, twenty percent of your staffs. Like, no offense, sucks. Yeah, 
That's the worst, though. But it happens all the time. You know, you know? what it is funny too. Here's here's my totally biggest avoidable. totally avoidable. Oh, it's to- well. It just requires you got to do the work on the front end, right? You got to do the homework, and, yeah. and you got and and even then it happens sometimes. But it's you're lowering the chances of it, yeah. Right? Because there's there's just. Dude, there's just people out there with like personality disorders where they say they do everything amazing in the in the hiring process and they get in there and you're like, whoa, where did this come from? Yeah. Like what happened to you when you were a kid? <laughs> but it's there. It's there. You just didn't didn't do well in the interview process. You didn't ask them what they think about how lucky they are. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. That's, you know, that's where like, it, you know, where top grading really works is like for three hours, they're going to drill down to everything from like, your childhood all the way up to where you are now. Right. Yeah. Which I, does anybody have three hours to sit there and, and, and do that? I, I don't know. You know, it's funny. So I did top grading when I first got introduced to like scaling up before this is back in 06. And I, and I met Jeff smart and he, or the son, right. That's Jeff smart. Yeah. So he came and spoke to my EMP group, which was called Bur- birthing of giants back at, back in the day. And I would came home and I rolled out. The first thing I rolled out was, was top grading. And I was getting crushed and I would do these three hour interviews and people wouldn't come back for the second interview. Cause they're like, that was too long. <laughs> it, it might've served its purpose. Scale God, if God forbid you have 20 roles you have to fill, right? Like, right. What I mean, if what, what, so much time? What if I was doing that in August of 2016 when I hired 140 people? Oh God. Who would have done it? You would have been working 24 seven. Who would have, it, it was an impossibility. My, yeah. my team was already stretched as it was. I mean, there's parts of it that are cool, but you do have to, I think, streamline the process. My, my, my whole take on this, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, is si- there's complexity and simplicity. You got to make it simple. You got to make it efficient. You got to make it smart. And you got to make it where it's not extra work for your team. Yeah. You got to make it where it fits into the what they're already doing. And yeah, like it's obviously work to hire someone, but do I literally need to like take someone under the knife, open their body up and look at every single organ? Or can I just scan the body quickly using technology and like make it fast, right? Yeah. seems to me like a quick body scan is probably the most efficient way to do it. Yeah. What happens is people don't do either. They just like, oh, eh, it looks good to me. <laughs> hey, touch your toes. Oh, you did good. There you go. Like the two things that I see, like, God, like just make me cringe or one, they fall in love with the background. Like, oh my God, this guy's out of Google. He must, he's going to be amazing. Right. Yeah. And then they just run off this list of assumptions. Yeah. And then the second thing is they hire purely for skills. Yeah. You know, person's done it. They have four years of this. Oh, and God, please don't get me started on years of experience because, you know, that doesn't mean anything. You can still be really shitty at something and have 10 years experience. Yeah, you can be extra shitty. Yeah. Because you have bad habits that you've yeah. picked up that now you bring into my my organization that I was like, whoa, you're, you're a cultural mismatch and you have bad habits and your skills are like good, but not that good, you know, but uh, yeah, I also think that, you know, a bad hire for a company is, is it's on the company. It's not totally it's on, it's on you if you do it. And and the fact of the matter is it's um that person that you hired, that was a bad hire for you is probably a great hire for somebody else. So you're doing them a disservice totally. by, by even doing it. So that, that's why the whole cultural, like corporate values are so important. You just hit the nail on the head. This is something that I just want to make a point. You just said that bad hire for you may be a great hire for someone else. And I'm under the impression, at least my assumption, is that everyone wants to do a good job. 
Like yeah. nobody's like, man, I just can't wait to go fuck that company up. That the, my, <laughs> what, what are you looking forward to today? Fucking up my job. Like nobody said nobody ever, right? Just like yeah. just like there's nobody in the world that's that where you said, Hey, do you have a good work ethic? And they're like, nah, not really. <laughs> I just like to chill. Like that person didn't show up to the interview to begin with, right? So the reality is is that they might be doing a job for a paycheck because they just they really and are just trying to make a paycheck and they can't get the job they want. That that but I think that's the lesser that's that's rare. I, I actually think to your point, it's on the company. common though that people will take a job for a paycheck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying people won't do it. I'm but saying they're interviewing and they're looking for their dream job or or like they're at least Yeah. Yeah. You're their BATNA. You're the best alternative to a negotiated agreement. So yeah, I don't want to be anyone's BATNA. But um, no, what, what I was going to say is that what my position on this was we always own it when we hire the person and that it's on us to make sure they're right for the job. It's on them to come and deliver what they said they're going to deliver. If it doesn't work out, we need to we have to take ownership of it, give them the benefit of the doubt. And, and even, and, and unless there's like a deal killer and there's deal killers that happen, people come in. I, I had, we had a guy come in once and I don't, or a person, I don't want to even give any semblance as to what, who this person was, but kind of a misogynist. And I was like, and all his direct reports were females. And I was like, uh, this is really, this is deal killer. Like, I, I don't even know how to, I've never had it happen before. Yeah. And so we, we he didn't last that long and, and that be, it became a, a problem, but, um, those types of things happen. Luckily, it didn't become like a lawsuit, right? Like, uh, okay. Uh, and anyway. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, there's a danger, right? That's the cost of a bad hire. So whatever it came out to be, I mean, it's um, it's far more detrimental to a company, especially a startup, than use oh. like three to 400 people. I mean, you know, uh, Google can absorb a bunch of assholes and, and, and not even bat an eye. They'll just farm them out. But it doesn't. It doesn't hurt them. Yeah, I could put a drop of cyanide in a reservoir and everyone's cool. But if I put a drop of cyanide in a shot glass, you're fucked. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's the reality, right? Great analogy, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it's true. And you could dilute that toxicity in a bigger company because it just becomes one little problem area that you kind of can work around until you fix it. Yeah. In a small company, it literally like, could destroy the company pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah, and it has. And it has, I think... You know, lots and lots of companies in the past. Yeah. So, you know, I you know it's funny because I think that most of the um, most of the entrepreneurs that we've worked with have been second time entrepreneurs and they've lived that nightmare. Yeah, it's it sucks. And and my my fix on it was, and I didn't even have your full system, but I kind of played with a little bit of top grading. My fix was try to figure out what they're not telling me, which you we talked about earlier. And yeah. really doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on core values and just using that as a tool. And that, that served me pretty well. I mean, that, uh, I probably could have taken my B to an A by doing your stuff. But I, I was just a yeah, run-of-the-mill B and we did it uh, pretty you're well. Still probably an A compared to most companies that don't even – it's like, hey, Bill, just go uh, interview so-and-so. There's his resume. Good Ooh. luck. <laughs> go, what's he, inter- what's, what, what's he, what's he uh, interviewing for? I don't know. Just, you know. Ask him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I appreciate the fact that that on a curve I'm an A. <laughs> you are an A. You're definitely an A. I'm an A, a you player. Had, you at least had a system and you had a bit of a methodology down, right? And that's far more the amount of companies that I talk to that don't have anything, and they're just like, I don't know, we just schedule it on somebody's calendar and just 
see what happens. Uh, I, I will say this. We had a great system. We had a heavy reference check. We did a system, Criteria Corp. We used their um, testing. Yes, so we, yay. They're one of our sponsors. They're amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Criteria So, anyone that don't know Criteria Corp, they have uh, spatial reasoning, verbal, mathematics, and then my favorite of the four, which by far and away most people don't think about, is tech ability. How good are they at, at – at, at, can they open a freaking browser yeah. and – and open email like uh, we would have people fail that and i'm like how are they supposed to work you know yeah, yeah. so we would do that and i would have my managers here's here's something uh, you'll appreciate rick i'd have my managers fight me on it because the spatial reasoning score would be like literally they could barely read they're like oh but they interviewed so well i'm like i don't care i'm like the minimum score is 20 man they're like a 14 and, and minimum <laughs> 20 meaning like the highest like 50 they're like a 14 i'm like and so what i would do i'd love to hear your thoughts on this I always say I'll give everyone their get out of jail free card. I tell all my managers, you get one where you can break our process, but just know that if you break our process, you're never allowed to ask ever again. So you get one, and I and they'd always use it early because they because they they think they know better, and then it'll blow up in their face, and then I'd be like, second, so I'm gonna second sign every hire now. So, <laughs> sorry, what do you think about that? Hey, it works, right? <laughs> You're like, I wouldn't do it. You're out of your mind, Darius. No, no. You know what? There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, enabling them to make the decision. Ultimately, they have to live with it. But, you know, if you are wrong, which, you know, I'm guessing you probably weren't most of the time. No, never. Not even once. And and, and you'd be happy to be wrong. I, I always, I'm always yeah. happy to be wrong. Yeah. yeah. It's a win when I'm wrong. I, I want yeah. to be wrong. Yeah. But- I, I have them win to me, but, you know. They get mad. You know why? Because what they'll do is they'll bring in their people from former businesses who they know can perform, but they're probably not a cultural fit. Yeah. And that's why they're not getting hired. Like, I know they're good. I'm like, look, they're good wherever they were, but they may not be good here. To your point, someone that's that's great somewhere else may not be good here because we have a strong culture. If you don't have a strong, if I have a culture where anything goes, then maybe they're right. Because I got a bunch of cancer over there. I got healthy people over there. Maybe they pissed each other off. Maybe they don't. By the way, I'm describing like half of companies out there. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, but it's, we were not. We were very intentional. All right. I, you know, it's funny. I think where a lot of other companies get in in um, trouble is like the, the, the warrior culture, right? And then they, mm. they totally mislabel, um, you know, whatever they think that their culture is. You know, they pull some buzzwords out of a hat and decide, hey, look, at, let's, you know, let's be a teamwork oriented environment. When yeah. it's dog and I'm gonna stab you at the back at every time and then they hire people that are collaborative and they go I don't wonder why that person didn't work out yeah <laughs> I mean we're, we're it seems so nice our number one core values teamwork makes the dream work right <laughs> I'm like no it should be spear I'm gonna spear your ass in the head <laughs> when you're not looking <laughs> Dude. you watch your back yeah watch your back but be honest right. like if, that's, if that's seriously your corporate values then own it own it. Yeah. Dude, chapter three of my book, Core Values Don't Need to Be Nice. Nope. You don't, dude, I love it, man. Well, hey, listen, uh, we're coming at the top of the hour. Why don't we tell people where they can find you, where they when they when and where they can watch the show, get the book, all that goody stuff? Yeah, sure. So uh, the book is going to be out in March. I think we're shooting for early March. We're just kind of like in the final stages of getting everything together. God, it's a lot of work doing a damn book, huh? Jerry? Oh, and by the way, the, for the first day you start is the day it launches. <laughs> yeah and i've been i've been working on writing it for like two years so yeah. and then i went back and i probably tweaked it like a hundred times at least 
I, I'm going to give you bad news right now. The easy, part, the easy part is writing the book. Yeah. Yeah. It's, All right. Well, that's twice you've depressed me today. <laughs> hey, go to Hawaii and just chill out and don't worry about it. You can find the podcast at Hire. That's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com. And, and so, like, uh, you know, we cater to entrepreneurs. It's not an HR podcast. So, you know, please don't not listen to it because you're not an HR person. Yeah. No, no, I was on it. If you yeah. like my shit, then you'll love. But we, we we chopped it up. We just talked all about values and hiring and yeah. you know, building yeah. better teams. Yeah, and how it's super important, especially if you're building a company. Like that should be the number one thing you're thinking of. I always tell people the CEO's job. Is so if you're an entrepreneur, you're probably a CEO or you're you're in a position of, of decision making. But I always say the CEO's job is is really three things. Number one, hire the right leaders. Number two, set the right tone for the culture. And number three, you own all the mistakes. Yep. Like, like that's it. Like, yeah. oh, sorry. I, I actually, I actually, that's not true. Hire the right people, set the right culture and strategy, but you do own the mistakes too. Yeah, that's true. And then you can, uh, you can find my business at stridesearch.com. So cool. So stridesearch.com and, and yeah. is that and higher power radio. We have that in the comments. So guys, check it out. Um, great show. You said it's Wednesdays at noon Pacific. Two- Tuesdays at noon. And that's uh, Pacific Standard? Yeah. So we do the live stream on LinkedIn Live Tuesdays at noon, and we put the podcast out every Thursday. Cool. Let's do this also. Jade, can you put um, Rick's uh, LinkedIn profile in there so people can hook up hook up with him on LinkedIn? Um, that way they can... Yeah, we got it there. Perfect. So we got your LinkedIn profile. Follow Rick on Stride Search, and you can also check out the Higher Power Radio Show, which is an awesome show, super professional, uh, great content. But man, brother, we start off with some Incubus. We end with some depressing shit around hiring. <laughs> Man, I appreciate you so much. Congratulations on the book. I'm looking forward to it being a big hit. And yeah, guys, check out Rick and all his good stuff. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me, Darius. Been a hoot. All right, guys. Peace out. We love you. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> you are listening to The Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Guys, The Greatness Machine is all about two things. People who are living their passions and those who are creating greatness in the world. And we feature these messages and speakers so it can help you step into your greatness within your own life and your own business. If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you're tuning in from and leave us a review. We love getting reviews for the show. If the episode made you think of someone who is leveling up in their business and life, print screen it, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to learn from one another. You can also go to our website, www.thegreatnessmachine.com. That's www.thegreatnessmachine.com. And on there, you'll see special tools to help you scale your business faster, show notes for the episode to help you integrate the lessons, and you will also get links that came out during the show. So on there, look, you can also grab a copy of my book, The Core Value Equation, which is a resource for helping CEOs and business leaders establish core values from their teams that don't suck. And mind you, a lot of them suck. Get access to this and more at www.thegreatnessmachine.com. With that said, you guys, look, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We out of here. See you guys next time. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. 
On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.